the Journey Hometown Journal. That's our goal, right? Our mission statement is we help ill-injured and disabled veterans find a renewed sense of team identity and purpose through motorsport. Mark Edwards with you on the Hometown Journal. Earlier this summer, I was at Virginia International Raceway in Alton to watch the GT World Challenge races. And while I was there, I had an opportunity to meet some of the staff with Operation Motorsport. Operation Motorsport is an organization that helps disabled military service members adjust to life as they are retiring from the service. Today, we're going to learn more about the work they're doing in support of our service members and veterans. Craig Neary is the beneficiary trustee with Operation Motorsport, and he is our guest today. Craig, welcome. Thank you so much for being with us this week. Tell us a little bit about uh, your story, your background, and how that uh, connected you to Operation Motorsport. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mark, for having me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I always love spreading uh, the Operation Motorsport you know, vision for folks out there and, and sharing what we do. Um, I'm a firm believer of it because I actually started in this organization as a beneficiary. I served for a little bit more than 29 years in the United States Air Force, and when I got out, um, like a lot of people, you're just kind of trying to figure out what you want to do with yourself when you grow up, and um, it is it can be a struggle sometimes for folks. I had set myself up very well and, and really just wanted to kind of think outside the box and do something a little bit different, and I got connected with Operation Motorsport through social media. That was my first contact this time around. Actually, let me rewind just a bit, but I... I was introduced to them very informally in 2016, 2017. I was actually at the 12 Hours of Sebring race down there in Florida, and um, we were doing the grid walk before the race, and there was a, a gentleman named Liam Dwyer who was who was racing a car, a, a Miata, who was, I believe he was an Afghanistan veteran who lost his leg over there, and uh, it had Operation Motorsport on it. And my two brothers and I went over, but all of us served in the military just to thank him for his service. Obviously he's, he's given up a lot um, for his country. And so we just wanted to say thank you. And, and he introduced us and told us a little bit about Operation Motorsport and what they do. Um, so fast forward again to my retirement, again, got introduced to them second time through social media. And um, I picked up the phone and uh, gave him a call. And just a few minutes later, I got a phone call back from Tiffany Lauder, who's the executive director. And, I was looking to kind of volunteer and see if I can help out. But two weeks later, uh, I was on the road to Sonoma, California as a beneficiary of this organization, working on a pit crew um, in one of the TC cars um, with Kevin Bohm Racing. That's how I got introduced. It was kind of happenstance, honestly. Yeah. But today, I am the U.S. Beneficiary Trustee. I've graduated from the beneficiary program. Um, last year was my last year. I did two years, and that's just pretty standard for our folks. But about four months into my stint as a as a beneficiary, I really, you know, kind of fell in love with the mission and the people of the organization and all mm-hmm. it does for the veteran community. And so, I asked, you know, even though I very much appreciate it and it definitely helped me in my transition, being a beneficiary, um, I really wanted to get back, and that that's kind of why I reached out in the beginning. And so, they just happened to have an opening as the beneficiary trustee, and that's I'm still doing that today. I'm also an event coordinator which means, just means that I'm the one who travels with the veterans to all the races, make sure all the logistics, they're being, you know, they're being taken care of on the race teams, helping them solve any problems that they have while they're on the road, those types of things. Um, so kind of dual-hatted at the moment. I do all the initial contact. I do all the kind of onboarding placement, all that stuff for folks coming into the 
to the organization. Very good. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, about how uh, some of the veterans are are plugged into Operation Motorsport. What was that experience like for you the first time you worked on a pit crew? Yeah, it was surreal, honestly. I never thought I would get that opportunity. When I retired, I was you know, 50, 51 years old, and, and I really believe this was a, a young man's sport, and I I never thought I would have an opportunity to do anything like this. I'd been a, a gearhead, I guess, all my life, and, and my dad introduced me to sports car racing in the in the early to mid-'80s. His, his cousin raced uh, with Bob Aiken in the, the number five Coca-Cola 935 Porsche, and we mm-hmm. – We've been going to Sebring for you know decades. My dad's been going for 55 years now, and uh, I just thought I would be a fan for the rest of my life, an avid fan, but a fan of, of sports cars and sports car racing. And then here I am, you know, standing in the pits at at uh, Sonoma, working on cars. And if you've never been to Sonoma, it, it's such a beautiful. It was just a very emotional moment, you know, to to be there and and play a role in in uh, what was happening. And I I. I still, to this day, look back on it. One of my greatest memories was winning a race at Indy. You know, as a, hmm. as a kid growing up, Indy is the pinnacle of racing, right? And it wasn't the 500, but it doesn't matter. You know, when, when the car comes around that last turn and the driver's screaming over the radio and everybody's <laughs> jumping around all over the place, it's, it's uh, something that's very hard to describe to most people. Yeah. You talked a little bit about your own experience and that you were in a situation when when you were getting out of the military that for the most part you were pretty good as far as, you know, what you had planned afterward. But talk about that struggle if you will or just that that process that uh, our service members go through uh, and trying to maybe yeah. find their way after their military service is done. Right. So listen, this entire program is based solely on, on what you just asked, right? It's trying to find that soft landing because people don't understand or really realize unless they go through it, how really difficult it is. And, and even trying to describe it, I've, I've probably answered that question a hundred times and I don't know that I've ever gotten it right. Um, honestly, because it's, it's such a difficult thing to express when you, you know, work your heart out at something for, for most of us or for many, even if it's just for four or six years, whatever the length of, of the assignment is, and you put your life on the line in a lot of cases and you, you rely on people for your safety and other people's safety. And, and there's so much on the line, right? There, no matter, even if you don't ever deploy, there's still so much on the line. You're part of freedom and democracy. And, you know, it's just, there's so much there that it's just hard to peel back and, and for most people to understand. Um, and so, you know, you, you also make a big sacrifice. You, even if you're in for four or six years, there's a chance you've moved all over the place. You've, you know, uprooted your families, you've left your homes, you know, you've learned new skills that are difficult, hard, and there's a lot of pressure and, and you grow through that situation. And then to one second, it's just gone. Literally. I mean, you, you're in one day wearing a uniform and you, you connect with all of that, and then the next day, it's just not there anymore. And for a lot of us, that is, that's a really difficult thing, you know. And it was for me, even though, like I said, I had served for a very long time, done my time, quote unquote, right, and uh, had myself set up. I had a very successful career, degrees, lots of connections, networks, great resume, but it still was really, really hard. And I know that's really hard to understand, but that it really is a difficult transition. And so, you know, and it, it can be even more difficult for people who are ill, injured, or disabled and, and, you know, having a difficult time just adjusting to those things. 
and then to get back into society in general can you be a monumental task that's our goal right our mission statement is we help ill injured disabled veterans find a renewed sense of team identity and purpose through motorsports Today on the Hometown Journal, we are sharing with you the work and mission of Operation Motorsport and their dedication to our military service members. If you want to find out more about how they use motorsports and auto racing to help service members adjust to life outside of the military, check out operationmotorsport.org. We'll be back with more of the Hometown Journal in a minute. Looking for that sweet album art for some of your favorite songs? Want to know what music played recently? or wanting to support the journey and help us share the hope of Christ? Maybe you just want to take the journey with you wherever you go. There's a simple way to do all of that and more. Download the My Journey FM app today, wherever you get your apps. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Mark Edwards back with you along with our guest, Craig Neary of Operation Motorsport. We're talking with Craig about the unique way the organization helps wounded, ill, and disabled military service members as they're leaving the military and then working with them as they face new challenges in life. Craig, what's the selection process for Operation Motorsport? Uh, How are the candidates selected to be able to work with the organization? So most of the time they come to us um, through our word of mouth or our social media campaigns. Um, We're not a large organization. We activate about 18 to 24 beneficiaries a year in IMSA and SRO. Um, So just through the word of mouth and social media, we get uh, probably 75 or 80 applications a year. Um, those applications, initial interest forms, what we call them, they come through the website and then they come straight to me. And then I set up interviews with them just to kind of see what they're hoping to get out of the program. We do have a, a criteria, I would say, that they have to meet in order to be accepted as a beneficiary, but it's a pretty small bar. They just have to have a 10% VA disability, mm-hmm. service-connected disability. And, you know, they got to have a they got to have a little bit of time freedom, obviously. We like to activate folks for at least half of the season. You know, again, our, our mission is to help them find that renewed sense of team identity and purpose. So if you're not there for at least half of the season, it's really difficult to say that we're able to accomplish that mission. That's not always the case. We can do onesies, twosies, depending on, you know, what the individual's needs are. But we try to ask them to do half a season. And that commitment is a Wednesday through Sunday most of the time. So, you know, we're asking them to to potentially step away from their jobs for 12, 15 days in a, in a season, which is a, a pretty big commitment. Um, so we do ask for that uh, from them. So as long as they can meet that and they have the 10% VA disability and then they have you know a need for it, then, then we admit them into the program. You mentioned that you grew up as, as kind of a gearhead, and so there was a, a connection there for you originally with Operation right. Motorsport. Is that the case for, for most of the, the people that apply? Not always. Um, not always, no. We have folks in the organization today, beneficiaries that really don't have any background or experience. They're just, they like, you know, racing. And so, you know, we bring them into the program. Sometimes, you know, they start in positions that'll be, you know, lower level positions. And obviously they're being introduced to the sport. Um, we work really closely. Our teams are amazing. The people that we work with in the paddock and the racetracks are unbelievable. Um, and they know, and we, we give them a good, you know, one-on-one brief on, on the individual to make sure that they understand what the issue is and, and their background experience, any limitations. And so going into it, everybody's prepared for, you know, what's going to happen. So, you know, it doesn't matter the skill set. We have a job. We have people doing hospitality and photography and, you know, tech. Um, so they're just kind of making sure everybody's abiding by the rules and standards. 
and we have folks that are actually embedded in the teams doing tire changes and fuel and maintenance and mechanics and everything else in between. We do look at their experience and capabilities, but you know we also look at their desires and some of their limitations, and we try and find something that we think would help fuel that renewed sense of team identity and purpose. And most of the time, 99% of the time, we, we hit it on the head, and we get great results from it. For those that have never been a part of a, a race team and maybe they're, they're fans of but have never really been close to pits, what are some of the, the comments you get from those that are participating after that, that first race? Yeah, most of the time it's a ton of emotion. You know, um, So not only are they doing something new and something fun and challenging and they're doing it in a small team environment, but you know, there'll be nothing that ever really replaces the military service. But there's some things that are really close, and, and I would say auto racing, in, in a sense, is very close. If you think about it, you know, they pack up everything, ship it, you know, halfway across the country, unload it, execute a mission in a small team environment with high stakes, you know, a lot of pressure, very busy, uh, very physical in a lot of ways. They have some fun while they're there, and then they pack everything up and send it home and then do it all over again later. That's military deployments in a nutshell, right? And so there's some deep connection that happens. And then they're not only doing it with their teams, but they're also doing it with a group of veterans. So we always try to get the group of veterans that go to any race together at some point during that weekend, and they all just kind of bond. And it's, there's these deep friendships, veteran friendships that come with shared experiences and connections and those are very, very powerful. Sometimes as powerful as the, as the racing, you know, part of it. So we always take advantage of that and use the other veterans because they're all going through things and they can relate to each other. And it's just, it's just a, a wonderful experience. So what we hear from them is, you know, this is everything we thought it would be. Or, you know, I'm just so deeply happy to be here and thankful. And, you know, that's that's a lot of the times what. The resounding theme is coming out of these these races, and uh, and I've seen that myself. I've built you know lasting friendships with some of these folks just based on the veteran connection. It hasn't really nothing to do with Operation Motorsport, and more to do with you know we have that shared connection. So I, I've benefited from that myself. Uh, it's an incredible story, and uh, just the work that Operation Motorsport is doing. Is Operation Motorsport currently? just involved in in sports car racing or road racing or are there other forms of of motorsport or motorsport activities that uh, the veterans can be involved in yeah so right now it is motorsports and road racing um it seems to be the 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 easiest i guess to get into the bigger the organizations get the harder it is to get into but but we have great relationships with the sanctioning bodies and we've talked about getting into other you know like rally racing or other forms of of racing as well and and i think we will get there one day um we we've got to we got to grow and grow smartly so we'll we'll continue to look at those as opportunities but for now we're we're focused on sro and IMSA um, because we know we have established relationships there and the program is working um, for our veterans but again we'll you know we all we're always looking to grow and looking for other opportunities so we and we have great relationships in a lot of other series we just got to make sure we we do it properly you're listening to the Hometown Journal. Our guest this week is Craig Neary, Beneficiary Trustee with Operation Motorsport. I encourage you to check out their website, operationmotorsport.org, to learn more about their work and see some of the stories of how they are supporting our military service members. We'll be back with our final segment in a minute. 
Staying connected these days is easier than ever. Connect with people you don't know. And staying connected with the journey is just a tap away. Get the most out of technology. The My Journey FM app exists for your listening enjoyment, no matter where you are. I'm in traffic right now. As well as giving you the ability to support this ministry and check out what songs have recently played. Man, I'm talking about a big God, big God. Get the app at your app store. Life, hope, music, the journey. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Welcome back. It's Mark with you along with our guest from Operation Motorsport. Craig Neary is the beneficiary trustee for the organization. And Craig has been sharing how Operation Motorsport is helping military service members retiring from the service due to an injury, illness, or a disability. Through Operation Motorsport, they can have an opportunity to be a part of the race team, working on the cars, or working in other areas. Craig, eMotorsports has become a big part of auto racing. For those not familiar with that term, that's actually virtual racing. And we're seeing real race teams and drivers using the technology, whether that's for testing sessions, for practice, learning the tracks, and then racing. But it's also opened up some new opportunities for Operation Motorsport. Yeah, what a a huge blessing, honestly, and and some great vision by the team when COVID hit to kind of head that direction. It might have been the smartest thing we've done in the last couple years because it's been such a huge benefit for us and our veteran community. Because as I mentioned earlier in the immersion program, some people just can't commit that kind of time. They, yeah. they can't get away from their job or they have too many family commitments. And so we were losing them and no way to engage with them until we, we created the Sports program. And, and again, it's been such a big blessing. And we were running two series, uh, a Mazda Miata Cup. We put that on hold for a little bit. I think that one ended up coming back where we would put uh, kind of the beginner level folks in there that didn't have a ton of experience and you know they would grow through that that experience and then they would move on to the the gt cars which is what we're running today um, we have three classes that run in the gt cars we have a beneficiary class so all those are just beneficiaries some of those folks do the e-motorsports and they're in the immersion program so they do both and a lot of folks actually start in the e-motorsports program and then will eventually migrate into the immersion program they have so much fun doing it that they end up finding the time and we move them over the immersion program. Uh, but the beneficiary class is super competitive. These drivers are absolutely fantastic. I mean, they are top notch. They're really, really good at the virtual racing space. And so it's always fun to watch that class. And then we have an open class, which is um, military veterans that maybe aren't disabled. Um, it's our partners, um, Op- Operation Motorsport partners. They're, they're in there. It's a ton of fun to watch them as well. And then we have a pro class where we have professional drivers um, that that you know they want to hone their skills on whatever track we're going to and so they'll come in and race and they're all racing on the track at the same time and uh so it's just like a lot of uh road road racing sports car racing you have different classes racing we have different classes racing in the motorsports gt uh, racing as well and, and it really is a ton of fun we have commentators they're they're streamed live on youtube just like you would watch any other race you know, real racing out there. And so it's, it's super cool to see. And, and our beneficiaries have done really, really well. In fact, that Matt Smotherman, who's a, also an immersion program beneficiary, won the championship last year, which was pretty neat. Craig, how can our listeners find out more about Operation Motorsport? And then what does the uh, race schedule look like for the remainder of the season? Sure. Yeah. Um, the best way really to contact us is either through our Facebook page, um, Operation Motorsport, obviously, and then, 
or you can go to our website at www.operationmotorsport.org. Um, both of those, the website is actually on the Facebook page as well. So it'll, if you want to actually become a member, you will end up at that website to fill out the initial interest form. Um, and then we take them. There's also a place for people that uh, may not meet the criteria uh, to be an ill injured disabled veteran, but just believe in the program and want to volunteer. There's a volunteer page on there as well. So if they're looking to volunteer, they can, they can fill out the form and we'll get back with them. As far as the schedule goes, um, we're doing IMSA and SRO. They're actually heading to the IMSA race this weekend at Road America. And then for SRO, the next one for us is the 16th through the 20th. We'll be at Road America as well. Um, and then we're in Sebring in the middle of September, the second week of September. And then we'll be at Indy in the first weekend of October. And then that will will cap off our season, our, our standard you know, SRO and IMSA season. One thing I did want to mention, though, and one of the probably coolest things we do is that every year we do the Race of Remembrance. The Race of Remembrance is actually run by a, a sister organization of ours called Mission Motorsport, but they're our Europe, European counterparts. So we fly a bunch of folks, including 10 or so beneficiaries, over to Wales, and we race in a 12-hour endurance race and where the, the beneficiaries are the entire crew. They do everything from fuel, tires, crew chief, engineer, everything that you would do in a standard road race that the professional teams are doing, we do over there, but the beneficiaries are the ones that do it. And we bring over mentors and coaches, but when we're running the races, they're in charge. And so we, we send them over there to run a 12-hour endurance race. It's over uh, Veterans Day weekend, and so we, we stop the race about halfway through, and we do a, a really cool memorial service. And... uh it's a kind of our capstone event of every year. And, you know, if you think a regular race is emotional, um, you should, you should come to a race of remembrance because it is, it is super emotional. We actually have a, a documentary that's being released at VIR, the IMSA race at VIR 24th of August. Um, and it's going to actually be released at the race. Um, it'll be the first time it's, in the documentary, we had a TV crew come over to Roar last year and film us, and, and we've released a, a six-minute video of after kind of the post-race of Roar that's out there on YouTube as well on our, our uh, Operation Motorsport page on YouTube. The documentary will, you know, be a much longer version of that race and, and you know, will detail at length kind of the power of this program. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. I'm actually flying up there myself to see it because I haven't seen it yet. And uh, we're bringing in a couple of the other beneficiaries that were actually at Wales last year to be a part of that as well. Race Remembrance is just super special. We're doing it again this year. We're actually in the planning phases right now. And we'll bring over, you know, again, 25, 30 people, including volunteers and coaches and mentors and beneficiaries to, to run in that 12-hour endurance race. You know, just to kind of cap this off, uh, you know, to drive home really the impact that we have with some of these folks, I, just a quick story. We have a gentleman that was involved in the Lone Survivor mission, and again, you can, you can watch if you haven't seen the movie, very powerful movie, and um, he was one that was part of a, the unit that was tasked to uh, kill or capture the guy who was responsible for killing all of the SEALs on that on that trip. Well, in the process, it's a, it's a very long story, but in the process, he ended up getting shot three times and, and ended up getting retired from the Marine Corps, and he's just been really struggling. Uh, you know, hurt in war, engaged in war, and, um, you know, just trying to piece it all together. He's got a 
a wife and a couple of kids and and just really struggled to since since he got out several years ago over a decade ago he really hasn't been able to get his feet under him and so i had the interview with him and it was very powerful and we we brought him to sonoma interestingly same place that i started uh, he started his first race and i kind of saw him off to the side you know very early in the race beautiful morning sun's you know rising it's just absolutely gorgeous but he's just kind of staring into space so i walked over to him and i said hey buddy you okay and he said hey I just want you to know that you saved my life coming here. I was going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just one of those moments that I'll never forget from this program. And there are a lot of them. And he's thriving today, doing much, much better. Um, he was living with his parents. He's moved out. Him and his wife and the kids have found their own home. Um, we you know, worked on a resume. He's trying to find a job. Uh, and just doing you know, much, much better than he has been ever since he got out many, many years ago. That's why we do what we do. That's the intent of this program. And we are driven and motivated. It's why I do what I do in this organization. If we can help, you know, one more person just like him or her, then it's a huge success for us. And it drives everything we do in this organization. That is Craig Neary of Operation Motorsport. We want to thank him for being our guest on the Hometown Journal and for sharing the work and some of the stories of how Operation Motorsport is impacting the lives of military service members and veterans. If you'd like to find out more about how to be involved with their program or if you or you know a service member that would benefit from being a part of Operation Motorsport, visit their website, operationmotorsport.org. I'm Mark Edwards. Thank you for joining us for the Hometown Journal. You've been listening to the Journey Hometown Journal. If you're a part of an organization or know of one in the communities we serve and would like to be considered as a guest, please make your request at myjourneyfm.com, email office at myjourneyfm.com, or call 800-424-9594. The Hometown Journal is a presentation of The Journey.